random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists Presents Mischievous Musings, a low-key podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Eddie Wilson. And mercifully, the show is over, but thankfully we have someone on who will be the complete opposite of me in this discussion because I did not like it, but... We have a. I don't know if it's going to be considered time wise of when this drops. He's either going to be a returning guest or this is his debut. I haven't figured out which is going to be released first, but we are joined with Task. Task, welcome again, or welcome to the show for the first time ever. Hey, greetings and salutations, all. Thanks much, and you must have put up with the whole series as well. So here he, we are. Oh, he liked it. I know he did. That's well, you know, it's. I don't know if it's. It was like, yeah, it was a show. It was one to watch. But, it was definitely a show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I'm not sure what to think of it. I've with my wife uh, watching these, almost all of them, and needing to catch up with a couple of them. She may, you know, get confused with this as I'm somewhat with you know time all over the place. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. But uh, here we are at episode six, and yeah, if you lived here, you'd be home by now. Yeah, that's right. A lot of repeats. I mean, I had a Groundhog Day moment several times over, for sure. Well, I got you, babe. Where Glorious Purpose, the title of this last episode, where Loki learns the true nature of Glorious Purpose as he rectifies the past in this gripping finale. And what I thought was interesting and, of course, intentional in the beginning, you get the open of the Marvel Studios words... And I you got a get kick it out of that. In reverse, because usually you get the scenes in the w- letters of Marvel, and then it comes out to be Marvel Studios. Instead, you've got the words itself. You're going in, it's in reverse, and seeing characters in the show, in the Marvel Universe, and going at it that way, and going back to the before temporal loop explosion stuff. I'm sure you noticed that also, Task. Yes, absolutely. It was cute. It was a. Uh cool little nod. I like it when they play around with things like that. Yep. And it's not the first time they've played around with the Marvel opening, you know. I think my favorite my favorite one it's like very uh subtle. It's I I would have to go with my personal favorite of being the Werewolf by Night one. You know, uh, just like it looks like a 1940s, 1950s horror movie like yeah, the yeah, lighting yeah. they have for the Marvel logo and it's like okay, this works for me. I mm-hmm. can do that. And a lot of this episode for me, it was very much like as big and climactic as the ending was. It still felt filler to an extent, and that's just me. But yeah. a lot of time went into recreating. Whether it was Timely's re-spaghettification, uh, we took too long to do this. And what I kind of got a wow moment was the the introduction of the instrumental of what I have to note is the very first 45 record I ever owned. Walter Murphy's The Fifth of Beethoven. Walter Murphy and the Big Apple Band, Fifth of Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> Just side note. Yep. That was, again, 
if you remember on the previous episode of me talking about uh, music being used in this show, and I'm like, eh, I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me. That's the one where I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe Lord Feige heard me somehow, and he's like, oh, yeah, you little shit. You don't like any of the music being used lately? Here you go. Enjoy this one. I'm like, oh, shit, I do like this one. Speaking uh, of, uh, congratulations to Guardians 3 uh, nominated for an Emmy. Oh, there you go. Oh, you mean the uh, holiday special? No, uh, Volume 3. Uh, they have a soundtrack Emmy in um, award okay. and that one got nominated. Oh, you mean the Grammys? Oh, wait. Ugh. Yeah, Emmys yeah. are the TV I'm ones. I'm like, sorry. wait a minute, what? I'm you, sorry. Yeah, rewind. Congratulations to Guardian <laughs> 3 for um, winning, I mean, for uh, being nominated for a, a Grammy. See, this episode is all about time. Yeah, yeah, and rewinding. <laughs> Just like Steve Miller, keep on slipping into the future. Mm-hmm. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. I like it. The time slip with the Time warp, Rocky Horror element there. Look at that. I did meet Tim Curry recently. Good for you. Thank you. It was so sweet. I Legend. bet it was. He's not doing too well, I don't think, though. No, Ed, Eddie Ray of Sunshine Wilson. I could. I'm uh, just being realist here, I suppose. I don't know. But, oh, Eddie, but it's Eddie, realized Eddie. that uh, doing this t- uh, temporal loop, trying to fix it, isn't going to work. Timely saying it's infinitely multiplying the branches and like trying to divide by zero. Can't be done. The branches, the branches. He can't see a thing without the branches. Oh, wait, that's glasses. Well, yeah, but if there's Swing too many of them, you can... No, I'm trying to salvage that uh, one, too. It's fine. The branches make a forest. Do one for later for me or, if you want. Or a wood pile for burning, I suppose. I don't know. But they try. They try and try and try and try again, and it's being told that between, what, Timely and Obi, Oboros... That it's going to take centuries to to get this, and now it's so it's so the line comes in or the letters come in centuries later. They're still <laughs> trying to get this right, and uh, you know, and all the while though, I think Loki is learning more, much again like Groundhog Day, where reliving the same experience, you're picking up in that case Bill Murray's character, or here Loki picking up more info and knowing more about how all this works. And him saying, mm-hmm. you're going to get into the suit. You're going to go down as fast as you can. You're going to go down the portal, and you're going to put this in, turn, spin this, push the green button, get out of there as fast as you can, okay? Got it. And still, spaghettification. Still not happening. Still, still, still. Yeah. But I think it comes down to uh, a Loki and Sylvie encounter and, and not killing he who remains. But that keeps happening over and over again. And whoop, see mm-hmm. you soon, see you soon. Yeah. That was awesome. Just see you soon, see you soon, see you soon. Yeah. I like the centuries thing they do because one of the things even Loki and Thor has said is that their perception of time is different to us. So, like, to them, a, to him, a century could just be, like, a day. Like, you know, like, their their whole entire perception. Since they live longer, they, their perception of time isn't the same as us. And so... Loki's like, all right, I can do it for a century and do that. Like, he just well, did it. Yeah, you know that's what? what I do. Thank you for just triggering a thing in my brain here. Synapse just fired that uh, when you're a god, century is a short amount of time. Yeah. You know, and that kind of, and that just triggered another thing. The song "You're a God" from Vertical Horizon. Good song. Great song. Peter. Oh, knows oh Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. It's true. I jocked that one in 2012 or whenever it was. But yeah, again. Um, he who remains, then we get to uh, stop time, I guess, where he who remains 
who had gotten killed previously, but now he's still very much alive. Sylvie hasn't killed him. Uh, he who remains blinks Sylvie out a couple of different times, and he who remains lays it all out to Loki and say, this is what it is. I've been watching you. You've been doing all these things. You've been trying to get it right with Timely. Forget about it. He's nobody. You know, forget about a, a, a variant. Yes, forget about it. Uh, and, and without a colander, even to to sift out all the water. Yeah, I'll allow that one. Right, and we right. go back to another slip with Loki as the TVA prisoner, and and a whole and a whole Mobius things. So we we get different characters, you know, replaying whether they're key events or just events that maybe show you maybe a little bit more about each character and what they've meant throughout this series. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Loki coming to the realization somehow that he's learned how to control the time slipping, uh, mm-hmm. but, but there's no uh, there's no swaying Sylvie. You're just gonna have to kill me, which doesn't come to it. I thought maybe, yeah, maybe Loki would have to try to kill her to alter something, but that doesn't come to pass. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Majors is very good at the ominousnessnessnessnessness. Yeah, you know. When you see the character, you know, as he's talking with Loki pertaining to Sylvie and just all that stuff, like, you feel like there's some, you know, just something to brewing, you know what I mean? And I kind of like that. And I like that he is, they definitely cast the right actor for the role. Uh-huh. Like, oh, you could definitely tell that, I mean, for the three different kings that we've seen, the ones that have been made, this one, uh, the one in Quantumania, and um, um, he who remains, um, you can see why. Oh, we're just going to base everything around him. I can see why that decision was made because that boy is acting his butt off. <sighs> and I can see someone saying he's so good. We're just going to roll with him because I do not believe that if the original plan was for King to be the guy. I I, I don't see that happening, but. I think that he was just going to be a bad guy in Quantum Mania, and they liked what he did so much that they brought him on the other thing. Mm-hmm. And then they did Loki, and then they did, uh, you know, this one too. And so that was the plan. I don't know what the plan is going to be now because I do think that Marvel is parting ways with Jonathan Majors after this. You think so? I think so. Um, First of all, it'll be very easy. <laughs> uh, uh. Almost too easy. Two, it, it shocks me because I'm like, why are we acting like Marvel didn't have the, kind of sort of the same problem 11 years ago? One of the greatest ships ever with uh, Don Cheadle becoming the new war machine. I love how they did that. He walks up. He said, look, it's me. I'm here. Get over it. Let's go. You know what, Sass? That's what I thought when it came to, oh, Jonathan Majors, is he going to not be in here? Well, well, even though he's maybe a little more established, you know, you only had the first Iron Man movie with um, the first the first road mm-hmm. character, Lawrence, and then you yeah. moved on to Don Cheadle. It's like, okay, we'll just swap him out. That's it. Move on. I'll be honest. I'm kind of eyeing in my mind making a meme of uh, Jonathan Majors and Kevin Feige. With uh, the the Cracker Factory from The Simpsons, so that's it. After two years, so long. Good luck. I don't recall saying good luck. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's a whole time. You know what? You can even manipulate this better because if it's it's the timely character, he who remains, it's not Jonathan Majors, it's somebody else. Well, that was in a different time or space or whatever. You can do that, and you I can mean, get away with it. Like this. Uh, they've already established that not all Lokis look the same. D- yeah, mm-hmm. but all Lokis go to heaven. Oh wait, no, that's ducks. 
You know, the the 90s did not care about kids. We had a movie <laughs> that told us that our dogs had the chance to go to dog hell. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm happy I missed that. That and Teletubbies. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, Loki has already established to us. And um, No Way Home. Um, mm. um, no Way Home. They've established that all these variants do not look the same. Sweet. Just throw a new guy in there and say, this is Kang now. All right, bet. I don't see anybody on this planet saying, hey, hey, you can't do that. Nobody <laughs> is saying this. Everyone's like, yeah, that makes sense. All right, let's go. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right, right. All right, so again, we, we have these individual character type analysis, Loki with whichever, you know, whether it's Mobius, Sylvie, and then again, Loki learning how to control the time slipping. And now Loki realizes, I guess, he's the one who's got to do this. He's got to go out on the platform, out to the temporal loom, and suits up, as I call it, because as he's you know, being pushed by the, the electromagnetic waves, whatever you want to call them, he's mm-hmm. coming to his, I guess, either glorious purpose, just to tie in with the title, or we're seeing him in his original form with the flowing green cape, with the helmeted, horned helmet, and becoming the god that he is, essentially, grabbing and turning the branches green and somehow, you know, uniting them, perhaps. Eventually, we get to have a vertical, I'm going to say, temporal loom. And it's a tree, essentially, because it's going vertical instead of uh, horizontal. Mm -hmm. And after all is said and done, what is it, B-15 comes out into the TVA. Bingo. And, yeah, (laughs) and we see in the background the we grow together poster and then we see on the tv screen the vertical temporal loom that's apparently in better shape now yeah because loki can fix everything apparently that's supposed to be still um i think i said that correctly uh the world tree um that um held the realms together in asgard and culture uh-huh. and the only reason we know more about it is from god of war <laughs> yeah, and oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and then and then Mobius in conversation with B fifteen saying all these things have to come down uh, or whatever. I'm going to hate to see them go or something to that effect. And Mobius made, mentioning a um, ruckus on a six sixteen adjacent room or something to that effect. And you know, it's a discussion about him leaving the TVA. So, yeah, um, I think. Um, uh, oh God, what's the actor's name that played? How do I forget his name? Uh, the Mobius actor. <laughs> Owen Wilson. Uh, yes, thank you. Ugh. Owen well, Wilson. Or Don, if you prefer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Owen Wilson, I don't think, I think he's done. I don't think he's there. He's going to come back. So I think they wanted to give his character a good ending. Um, yeah. It's, you know, Loki is an interesting show when you remember that this Loki did not go through, um, did not go through Dark World. This Loki did not go through Ragnarok. Lucky guy. <laughs> not for the Rag. The Ragnarok one is fine. The other one, man, lucky guy, got out of it. Really lucky. Loki, lucky, lucky, Loki. There you go. You know, it's funny. Um, Thor: The Dark World is an interesting one to me because I love how people act like Marvel has always been Teflon, and you know. I'm like, uh, fam, I can go to every single phase and find at least one project that not everybody agreed with. Yeah. Yep. Honestly, like this is true. I uh, at least one, sometimes two, but 
at least one in each phase where everyone was kind of like, eh. <laughs> I would say with uh, Phase 1, Iron Man 2, and Incredible Hulk, like those are the two I always hear complaints about nonstop. That's what I'm saying. <sighs> a lot of people fight against Thor. They say Thor wasn't that great. And I say, okay, let's go off of that. So what you're telling me is that when they started the phase, they had a rough start. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so why are y'all not, and I'm not saying you in general, there's other people, just why are y'all not allowing them to have that same grace again? It's almost like you guys are new here. <laughs> like, you're like new here. I'm like, man, I was here in the trenches. I remember when the internet was ablaze because the guy from a Not Another Teen movie was cast as Captain America. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy? Mm-hmm. The guy from Not Another. And look, guess what? We saw one movie and nobody questioned again. <laughs> yes, nobody right. questioned again after that. But another one, people don't like First Avenger. Like, I'm like, so what you're telling me is that. Outside of Iron Man, <laughs> Marvel put out trash until Avengers. But oh, you allowed them to get that story off. Mm-hmm. And no one's trying to give them that same grace again. And I think that that's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Personally, I'm a really big fan of uh, First Avenger. I think that's one of the most solid MCU entries. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That movie is... That movie aged like wine. Like, I think people didn't care about it, but the more we learned more about Captain America, the more we saw him, we saw why that movie was important. Because if it wasn't for that movie, he wouldn't be able to lead the Avengers. They wouldn't trust him. Yeah. So, so that movie's very important, too. And in, in um, not chronological, but timeline order of these movies, that's where you're supposed to start. Absolutely. And let's use that for an example. Who would have known that that little thing that was in a Red Skull movie in Captain America would end up being an acceptor for Loki? Mm-hmm. Nobody would have known this. Nobody would have known this, but they made it work. But it took time, but they made it work. And now people are not allowing Marvel to tell the story so we can get to the point where it makes it work. Another yeah. thing, people complained about Ms. Marvel's bands, but now that we know their point, yeah. now we know what's going on. Like, people are just impatient. Yeah, no, when you just said too, that, too, about, you know, Scepter and Red Skull, and then I thought, well, was there a big hullabaloo about the fact that in the comic book it was the Cosmic Cube? And 100%. You we can't pick and choose when it sucks, when the comic accuracy is important. Yep. We can't cherry-pick just one. It's either all that way or none of it is. Mm-hmm. And that's why people get mad at me, because I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's get to this shit. Like, you can't say that and that, you, that this is like this, but this can't be like that. Yep. Like, no. Jesus Christ. Who would have told me that Loki Scepter would lead to the creation of Ultron? <laughs> <laughs> Without Hank Pym. Yeah, and where's Wonder Man when you need him? I mean, what the heck? Well, oh, where's Vision? Oh, Vision was made from a... Wait, wait, the stone on his head is an Infinity Stone? Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? That came from Loki's scepter. What are we talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Accuracy, it's crazy. And then there's the Warlock Stone. I mean, yeah, okay. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage. 
where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. So now one thing that I want to talk about in regards to this show... Is that evolution of the character of Loki? Because like we've seen him as like, oh, yeah. this kind of character where, you know, forsooth and other words that I was trying to use for this bit. But you know, you look at the character, and you see him go from that to now. What you want to do is go through the temporal loom, and you like he's talking scientific things, and yeah. it's just like I, my mind did a complete like whoa, what the like I had whiplash when he's talking during that scene because I'm like, <laughs> you changed the Great. character so much. Great acting. Um, that's another thing that I told people. Uh, one thing that that the MCU did that they, that they don't get credit for is that that Thor is not comic book Thor. I tell people, be clear, that's not Thor. That version of Thor in the MCU is not going toe to toe with Superman at all. But the ones in the comics can and did. But I, I tell people, if if that was really comic book Thor. All Avengers movies will be done in two minutes. <laughs> like, he was like, oh, oh, there's a bunch of bad guys. Here's a bunch of lightning bolts. <laughs> Everyone's done. <laughs> uh, oh and, and nerfing him allowed them to, uh, him to be able to be in the team better, especially since most of them are just humans. And so I, I think that was something that Marvel, you know, uh, doesn't get uh, respect for, and also the the relationship between Thor and Loki. I think their relationship in the MCU is way better than how it is in the comic books, even though one is still villainous and one is still a hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie, yeah, I was just going to add to when we get to the end, we uh, we see how, and I guess you, maybe it was a fan favorite in a sort to to get another sight of Miss Minutes. And now apparently she's she's friendly, according to the uh, synopsis I saw. Was that Ouroboros re- reactivated Miss Minutes? Mm-hmm. She's now friendly, and and he writes the new TVA guidebook, timely as co-author, and you know it's mass published. We see back in the year I guess it was eighteen sixty three how a young timely did not get the TVA guidebook. We also see Renslayer uh, awakening. I guess what is the void where you saw the pyramid and the uh, tumbleweeds blowing around. And, uh, and again, Mobius retires, and uh, Sylvie is there as well. And Mobius says he just wants time to pass a little bit. He's just going to hang around and see whatever. And Loki's sitting in, he, he, I call him the god of green time branches or whatever, on that golden mm-hmm. throne <laughs> in wherever he is at that mm-hmm. point. So he's, he's got his god thing going on, and we just, we just end it there. Yeah, um, I liked it. I can understand people saying they didn't like season, they didn't like it as much as season one. Season one was a lot more wackier, um, yeah, a lot more visual. I would say. Well, this version was definitely more character driven, but I could see that someone preferred the first season more than this one. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I would say for me, 
Y'all know my opinion on this show. <laughs> so I think we're just going to be quiet for, for your old pal, Peter. This but about, This is about as quiet as he's been, I guess. So I'm kind of enjoying the change. You stop that. But um, in regards to this episode, one of the things that I really appreciate is the, you know, the evolution of the characters. Because, again, you know, we don't just get an evolution of the character of Loki. We get an mm-hmm. evolution of Ouroboros. Ouroboros, that's it, right. Put that in this your time, alphabet soup This time it. of year, this part of the kitchen localized... Uh, I ruined it, damn it. I ruined it. But, in fact, but, side note, this, this year's Loki Hallmark ornament has a good resemblance to how Loki the series ended up with his all in his green glory and uh, horned helmet and arms extended. So it's a pretty good uh, visual likeness on the you know non-visual podcast here. Hallmark, Hallmark should sponsor us. Loki is awesome. For me, Loki is... <laughs> <laughs> is the uh, bomb just like that look? Yeah, that's it. He is always horny on Maine, but you know when you think about Loki, um, I would say the character he he definitely works for what this show is, and I feel like the idea of the evolution of the character, the evolution of the character is much needed because you can only really do a character of like he's a villain, he's hot. Anyway, on to the next movie. He's a villain. He sucks. Hey, bring back that hot guy. Okay, he's the villain. He's hot. It's like, no, you got, you got to like really make him more than just a visual aesthetic for the audience to be like, hey, he's the villain. He's hot. You know, you got to get rid of that. As Task, well. I think Peter's in a time loop now. <laughs> but I, I love that the character evolved, and I love, you know, seeing the other ancillary characters and – out of all of them, the one I want to see the most make his return in something. I don't know what. I, I've heard room, you know, we've heard the rumor and innuendo about Owen Wilson's Mobius returning for Deadpool. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. I feel like that's way too much of a, uh, everyone wants this. So it's not going to happen. Although we did have, uh, you know, Krasinski as uh, Reed, but then he got spaghettified and I loved that. <laughs> but um, I, I want. I want to see Ouroboria, or Ob Ob make his return. Ob, thank God he has that name that I can say it like that. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't do it just for you, but yeah, sure. I, gonna, I thought you were going to say the character of Casey. No, I'm I'm okay. an Ob guy. Ob is like one of the characters that he's fun, and the actor deserves you know getting his flowers now because like he deserves all the success. Yeah, and, yeah I um uh, uh uh I I I like to refer to him as Data. He will always be data to me. Oh. Um, a lot of people like to call him short round. Yeah. Like, that's data. <laughs> that is data. I've been a fan of him forever, Kihu Kwan. I'll tell you something a lot of a lot of people probably didn't know. Um, Kihu Kwan was an action choreographer for the first X-Men movie. Oh, wow. Okay. Random. But, yes, he was an action choreographer. I'm like, oh, so Foggy's known this dude forever. <laughs> <laughs> This was a G call, like, yo, my friend, yo, remember we were doing all this? Yeah, you want a job? <laughs> and again. And he's great. He's great in everything he is. He's such a delight every time he's on screen. And he's wholesome and, like, down to earth, and he doesn't forget where he came from. Yep. Absolutely. 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 Everything, everywhere, all at once is the greatest multiverse movie so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll say it like this, you know, I've, I've talked about it on the show, and I just want to get, you know, your opinion before we wrap this episode up, but mm-hmm. with Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. where does the second one fall for you compared to the first? Um, Spider-Verse 2 is one of the greatest comic movies I've ever created to me. Number two? Yeah, number two. 
I think number one blows it out of the water still, but I love it. But man, I put them on. I think level, a level field. You know, you, the first one set it up, and the second one continued it on the same you know level, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It kept it kept it going. You know, maybe you got a few little, a couple little things that were not expected, but the mm-hmm. same work that went into it and graphics and everything else. So. Um, well, I agree. What I love about the Spider-Man, uh, the second Spider-Man movie, and um, about the Spider-Man character in general, I'll go back to the old Kevin Smith, uh, Stan Lee interview, uh, where they pretty much say that uh, Spider-Man was the first, I'm pretty sure he was the first, if not, I'm wrong, my bad, was the first superhero that his whole entire body was completely covered uh, from head to toe. And Stan Lee says, you know why? Because Spider-Man can be any kid. You don't know what he is. That's the whole point. You can see yourself in that. And I think uh, the Spider-Verse movies did that very well, where not only can you see yourself as Spider-Man, here is one right here. Here's Spider-Man India. Here's punk rock Spider-Man. Here's uh, anime Spider-Man. Here's Spider-Man and Spider-Man with a girl, so on and so forth. And to actually physically see that, to me is very important for uh, the future because there are a lot of people of color who want to be in this space but don't really see themselves there. So that's what I think that movie is important because, and all the haters hate this, but we're reaching a level where people are starting to prefer Miles over Peter. Hmm. And that's why they're so scared. That's why they're doing the campaign. Miles Morales is not Spider-Man. Miles Morales is Miles Morales, blah, 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 blah. And I have to remind people, Sony is very, very invested in Miles. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, the big rumor is that Sony wants Miles to be their Spider-Man. As in, the MCU one, yeah, 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 you guys have him. But our own universe, with probably Morbius and Venom, they're looking at Miles. And I'm believing that because... Even in the, in the video game, a great video game that just came out, they announced the third one is just going to be Miles. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be called Spider-Man. Spider-Man 3. And it's going to be just Miles because we are reaching an area era where people are preferring them. I have one of my, friend, my, my, one of my kids' friends, he asked me who's one of my favorite characters. I said, Spider-Man. He said, which one? <sighs> I love hearing that, to be honest. I love hearing the idea yeah. of which one. Yeah. 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 He said, which one? Because And, and, my, and my boy was like, that's kind of weird. I said, no, it's not. Miles Morales is a 10-year-old character. He And that, that kid was 17 at the time. Who well, grew up with two Spider-Men? He, and you know what? Just on a side note again, a tangent you just reminded me of, too, was that on Halloween at our house, the next-door neighbor's kid came, o- came over with, with the kid, who I found out was just five, and I didn't know it was him. It's, it's Ethan, he's telling me, and he's got the black suit Spider-Man costume. So I'm like, Spidey, you know, he goes, he goes, I'm symbiote Spider-Man. And I'm like, how old are you? Five. I didn't even know the word symbiote then. You know? <laughs> uh, I will always say Venom is the most successful villain of all time. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I, I say that to this day. I said, there are people who love Venom. They love Venom. He has had his own movies. Uh, he's having his own video games. Like, Joker's had it too, but, like, Joker doesn't have his own game and stuff around them. Venom does. 
Yeah. People like Venom, and um, that's another character that Sony is investing in, and 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 Marvel hates it because they have to play the game. <sighs> they, they have to play the game with them because Sony could make their problems with Spider-Man really, really tough. Really, remember about too long ago, two three years ago, Sony took the rights back for a second. I have a theory about that. I have a big theory about that. I think that Sony was like, we need more money. What can we do? Well, let's take the license back and say, we want extra money. And I bet you, Maggie was like, we're not going to pay you guys back. And they said, watch this. <laughs> so they announced it. Like, like the Sony Twitter page tweeted about it. Oh, we're, we're so sad that Marvel could not. We couldn't come to a conclusion. And I kept thinking to myself, why are they doing that? <laughs> like why are they doing that aha they're trying to get to people's perspective perspective everybody was mad at mcu what the hell what the hell what the hell that was a campaign and it worked because oh, yeah. i could see foggy going in there and um uh, bob telling him look you go in there you do not leave without a deal <laughs> and then they went in there and fixed it it's just it's business and that's why i tell people all of this stuff is just business I love the Sorry idea. Sorry for going on a tangent. Sorry. I, I love the idea of Kevin Feige walking into the office. He takes his hat off, kind of like how Kurt Angle takes the straps off of his uh, wrestling singlet, and you know he's in the zone when he's got the hat off. He's like, ah. <laughs> you don't think he flips it in the back? Oh my god. <laughs> my, my my favorite thing. Have you ever seen the picture of Kevin Feige's office? Yes. My my favorite thing was when somebody somebody tweeted it a while ago when the the uh, Jonathan Majors thing happened and they just go could you imagine him just beating the whole office with a baseball bat upon the news? <laughs> oh God, I was like you. <laughs> I love that idea. It's just like you son of. A... <laughs> Shout out Kevin Feige, man. Oh, yeah. I, it, it sucks that he had to sit back and just let all these people talk. But um. Uh, you know, people say that he should talk more as much as James Gunn do. I disagree. I feel like James Gunn, who is a guy who is notoriously known for getting in trouble for putting his foot in his mouth, <laughs> uh, James Gunn needs to not be so communicative sometimes because things change. For example, whole movies get canceled. <laughs> I feel for, I feel for him for that Acme. Uh, Coyote versus Acme movie so much because like that he co-wrote and it was yeah, a movie he, made yeah. for you know John or my boy John Cena. Uh huh. And he was on set a few times. He was helping to do that. That does not give good confidence in him. He's like, bro, you just don't cut my shit. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just do that? The one comment <laughs> like people people uh, people get mad at Disney. I'm like, look at DC. Do you realize how many shows of theirs were canceled? Remember when they cast Green Lantern? <laughs> yeah. They cast him and uh, they cast um, Hal Jordan. Uh, no, they weren't going to do Hal. They were going to do, um, they, they cast Guy Gardner. I love the guy that cast the Guy Gardner. Uh-huh. And they were going to do um, um, Alan Scott. Like, they were cast. <laughs> they had a director. They had a showrunner. Hmm. Everything. And don't get me started on Batgirl, because that... Yeah. You know, I think that someone put a hex on DC, and that's why Flash didn't do that well. Because the Batgirl movie would have done better than the Flash movie did. And the funniest, the funniest thing is, I don't know, you know, financially how Blue Beetle did, but the fact that Blue Beetle has gotten the reaction from people that it has 
is such a breath of fresh air. I love hearing I about the positive reaction. It wasn't that. around too long, but there was a kid who had a costume for Halloween as Blue Beetle. I had to ask, what is that? It's Blue Beetle. Holy cow. Okay. And again, um, you wouldn't expect D- it. DC are idiots. And let me tell you why. They have your You have your Miles Morales right there. Mm, yeah. Oh, right yeah. There. He's right there. What are you doing? What are you doing? He's right there. That is your Miles Morales right there. And the irony, the irony that, you know, this is a legacy character. So, like, you have a character like, you know, the follower to Ted Cord, Ted Cord, created by Steve Ditko, who -hmm. created Peter Parker. Co-created Peter Parker was Steve Ditko. So, it's like. Exactly. I was going to say that, but you know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Steve Ditko created created characters. You have him right there. He's right there, and he's a person of color. One of the biggest things DC's going to have trouble with is that James Gunn's trying to pull up with hella white people. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are going to look at that like, damn, bro. But that's not a James Gunn issue. That is a DC issue. DC has trouble with diversity. They always have. To the point where most DC fans don't even care anymore. They're just like, we know what time it is. Like, it just is what it is. So that's fine, but it's going to be hard to really pitch that to this new generation that, you know, especially since Marvel's been working so hard to add more, these people are trying to come through and not do more. I was shocked at his release schedule of stuff. I thought he'd at least have, like, Vixen or at least Cyborg. DC stands for Disregarding Color. But <laughs> hey, you know, you, you know, you're, that's not the first time someone has made that joke. Yeah. Like, it's a serious thing with them. And it's a problem. And that's why nowadays what they're doing is they're casting characters. They're just gender, I mean, um, race bending them. Which I don't have a problem with that, but I know a lot of people who would. Like, they're just like, dude, like, why would you even do that? And so they're going to have to do that with the authority, a.k.a. the greatest superhero team of all time. Even though I'm scared for the authority moving, I'll tell you why. If they were to do the authority, you, you, you guys know who the authority are, right? Yeah. Baby. Okay. If they were going to do the authority, the authority cannot be in the same world with a Superman. It's not going to work because the authority kills people. That's what they're known for. Uh. That's what they do. They're judge, jury, executioners, which makes sense for a James Gunn movie. The problem is, if you're telling me they're in the same world as Superman and Batman, no, that's not going to work. I mean, the greatest superhero comic book of all time. To me, Action Comics 775. What's so funny about Truth, Justice, and American Way? Uh, story was so good, they made a movie out of it. Superman versus the Elite is all just that one issue. When it's basically, uh, they, they made the authority. They called them the Elite. They made the authority, and the authority are there to, you know, they're killing people. Superman has to go stop them, and he ends up doing so, because they can't fly in this world. <laughs> they can't. And so it is what it is. But I am so sorry. We got so far off Loki. <laughs> well, Loki was a show. It had people in it. And I would say it. I will give it a rewatch down the line on the award-winning Disney+. Plus. But then again, back in 2018, I said the same thing about Thor The Dark World. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Yes, yes, yes. But I think that's going to wrap this episode up task as always thank you for either returning or making your debut appearance on this podcast we haven't figured that out yet again or thank you for having me for the first time we time slipped again oh boy now how can people get a hold of you on social media 
Yes, sir. Just hit me up on Twitter at up to task. U P T O T A S K. I'm also on uh, TikTok with all the fellow kids. <laughs> I barely use TikTok. I tried. I'm just like, yeah, I'm good. I'm. I'm almost at that point where I'm like, all right, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> like, oh boy, a 200 view video. Awesome. Hey. This helps out my self esteem. <laughs> <laughs> right. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Taz. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior.